0: Hello and welcome to a very special episode of I Love This, You Should Too. I'm going to start saying that they're all very special episodes. They
1: are very special. Yeah.
0: My name is Indy Randowa and with me is my beautiful co-host, Samantha Hees. How are you doing today, Sam?
1: Good, how are you?
0: I'm so grumpled.
1: Yeah, you've been fighting on Facebook a little bit, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to take Facebook away from you, I think.
0: I think that's probably for the best because I, so. I don't comment on Facebook. I haven't for years. It's just like, it's not worth it. There's no reason to do it. I use Facebook. I message friends and I put pictures me. up because I. Message me. Yeah. <laughs> I put my photography up there and that's it. But. In the last while, since we're recording this in uh, early June, so there's a lot of talk about the systemic racism, about politics in general, and about the protests, and there's just so many people being so, so dumb. Like Here in Canada, we don't have the protests to the same extent as they do in the US, but here it seems like our thing is to say, like, racism just doesn't exist here. It's not a problem.
1: Just it's
0: not true.
1: It's a hundred percent not true.
0: Does, does racism exist in Canada, Samantha? Yes. Oh, see, Sam said it, and as you know, if you listen to this podcast, Sam don't lie.
1: <laughs> I need a shirt that says that. Sam don't lie, or you need to wear a shirt that says that.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> um. Yes, it does very much, and uh, we have a long history of systemic racism in Canada.
0: Yeah, and. What we like to do here is say like, oh, we're over it now because we don't as often murder black people. So there's no racism. We instead murder indigenous people and beat black people. Yes. So step up? No. No, because it's shitty here. It's not shitty here. I truly love Canada. I'm a very patriotic person, actually. Yes, me too. And I think it might be the greatest country in the world. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think it's so flawed. There's so much wrong. And it's like the easiest things to fix. Mm-hmm. And we're just like, mm, but do we have to?
1: Yeah. I mean, you and I have both traveled quite a bit. So I feel like we're pretty we're pretty educated to give the Canada is the best country in the world declaration.
0: Yeah, it's like in Korea, bars won't serve me. There. Yeah, some, some cities. Gwangju, I'm looking at you. You guys are a bunch of dicks out there. <laughs> I lived there for a year. I feel like I know. Yeah. Um, that doesn't really happen so much in in Edmonton, but we're not that far from no. it. Like, how old were you when you learned racism's a thing?
1: Um, I was probably like seven or eight.
0: How'd you learn it?
1: From my parents. Not in that they were racist, but um, I am indigenous uh i grew up with a very lovely set of adopted parents and um they kind of sat me down and had that talk with me that um not everyone was as proud to be as indigenous as i am and uh that these were the reasons and they talked about um the scoop and uh The Scoop, for those of you who aren't familiar with Canadian history... It's not uh, a
0: podcast that gives you quick tidbits about news, is it?
1: No, it is. uh, It happened in the 1960s in Canada where uh, Indigenous children were rounded up off of um, their uh, ancestral lands, I guess. From their families. From their families and taken to be educated in white-run schools.
0: Educated has a, a hard air quote on it. They yes. were indoctrinated to believe that their language, their way of life was wrong and barbaric and that Christianity is the only true way to be a full human.
1: Exactly. So this is something that Canadians deal with.
0: And 1960s. 60s. Yes. So those people are here still.
1: They are this isn't, still alive.
0: This is in like the 1800s. Mm-hmm. And the last residential schools where this happened
1: were in our lifetime. Yes. And in the last Us, year. Us young people. In the last year, I found out that I am only two generations removed from residential schools. So I think it's still something that we need to be doing lots and lots of work on. And I don't think that anyone can say that Canada doesn't have a racism problem.
0: No. Like, I learned about racism when I was like five, Mm -hmm. because that's when I started playing organized sports. And that's when kids started yelling things at me. Yeah. And like, the first one was the N word, which also not even the right (laughs) epithet for me. Yeah, I'm brown. That's not quite the right one. (laughs) Although that is something that the British used in India way back when, actually before they started using it during the slave trade. But so I
1: guess maybe they were. But
0: I don't think they were that educated. Okay, I think they were just like, hey, a darkie. (laughs) So I learned about it like that (laughs) through life. I just have so many stories. You do so many stories, and usually, like, I'm not allowed to tell my stories because. It's like, it brings people down and no one wants to hear that. And you don't talk about racism because it's not like polite to talk about it. But yeah. right now we're in a time where you're allowed to talk about exactly. it. So we can tell our stories and if you don't like it. You know what? Too fucking bad.
1: Exactly. I
0: didn't like it when it happened to me. If you're sick of hearing on like Instagram about people complaining about racism, and you're like, God, just get over it. If it didn't happen every day, we wouldn't have to post about it for like three weeks out of a year.
1: Exactly, exactly. And I think that if you can't handle the few days of posts that have happened here, or the few weeks of posts that have happened, I think you need to take a better look at what you're doing in your life and what beliefs you hold towards racism because they're probably not as uh, gallant as you think they are.
0: Chances are you're probably just a dick. Yeah. Like if you look at it, think about it. take a look at yourself. Ask some other people. But I think what you're going to find out is you're probably just a dick. So like the only story that I I often tell is like, because you can tell the funny ones. Mm -hmm. Like once I was parking in the parking lot to visit someone. And it happened to be the hospital where I was born. And then somebody with an East Canadian accent, which is like a six, seven hour plane ride from where we are here in Edmonton, told me to go back to where I came from. And I was like, I was born on the fourth floor. I was born (laughs) right there. I am 50 meters from where I was born. You had to take a connecting flight to get here. But he's a white guy. I'm not. So that kind of thing uh, just happens. Mm -hmm. But like beyond that, you can say probably over 50% of the fights I've been in in hockey were about racism. The rest are when someone runs your goalie because you got to stand up for that too. Mm-hmm. Those are the two things I stand Always up for. Always got to stand up. <laughs> I stand up for my goalie and I, I stand up against bigots. Yes. Um, like at work, I've worked at libraries here. I've had people come to the desk and just look at me and go, "Oh, they let you people do whatever you want now, huh? And I was like, librarians? But no, they mean that, like, I'm allowed to dispense information. I've had, uh, during job interviews, I've had my English complimented. But they're like, well, hi, your English is, it's pretty good. And I was like, yes, uh, that was my first degree. I would hope it's
1: quite good. <laughs> and you're like, and I grew up in West Edmonton. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Oh, and that one too, like, oh, where are you from? I had one of those when I was, I was teaching children too, like out in the community and they go, oh, where are you from? And I said, oh, actually, I live not too far from here. I'm just like down the road. I started telling them like, no, no, no. Like, where are you really from? It's like, oh, yeah, I guess I've only been here for two years. I'm from West Edmonton. (laughs) And they were like, no, no, no. Where are your like parents and family from? It's like, oh, British Columbia. (laughs) But these are just like all the funny ones. Like how many times have I been told to go back to a country I'm not from? Just walking down the street, Mm -hmm. not even doing anything. Unprovoked. A relationship of mine ended because the girl was saying, uh, I'm just so tired of people saying that I'm dirty because I'm with you. Mm -hmm. That one was pretty tough to hear because her parents said like, he's dirty and you're dirty because you're with him. Uh. I've had people ask me if I believe in Jesus in job interviews, and then when I say no, they say, why not? Like, I guess that's not racism. That's something else, but it's still pretty shitty. Yeah, that's Also here shitty. in Edmonton, we have a public school system and a Catholic school system, mm-hmm. and the Catholic school system needs teachers. And I was like, great, I'm a teacher. I have a degree in this. I have many years of experience. But you can't get a job there unless you believe in Jesus and say that you believe in Jesus.
1: And you can prove that you're baptized. There's a whole bunch of paperwork yep. that you have and to you get. And
0: you have to have someone saying that you attend church regularly. Yeah. And that is funded by public money. Yes. Just think if that was like a Muslim school. If they said yeah. like, okay, we're going to take government money, but we you can only teach here if you're Muslim. Yeah. People would burn that place to the ground.
1: Exactly. Exactly. It is absolutely ridiculous. Um, that people think that this does not exist when, um, religious and, um, like public institutions are given money in order to segregate people, basically. Yeah.
0: Yeah. There shouldn't be a place in modern developed nations where you can't get a job because you don't believe in Jesus. Yes. Think of how crazy that is. And then people always just tell me like, well, just lie and say that you do. First of all, you can't. You have to prove all the stuff. You have but to have paperwork. Why yet. should I? Exactly. Why should I have to do that? Then we could also always talk about like all the political stuff that we do because we've both run for office. Yes. And at all of those places, they're like, "Oh, you ran last year," and it's like, "No, that's that's the one other brown guy." And they're like, "No, no, it was you." And it's like, "No, don't think it was." <laughs> and they just keep going on yeah. and on. I've had mayors of cities that I've met at political events go like, "Oh, you're running. Good for you." I had Indian food last week. <laughs> yeah. And I just said, like, congratulations. <laughs> I had pierogies.
1: <laughs> it's true. And uh, maybe not on the racist side of things. I have definitely experienced a lot of kind of systemic sexism in oh, for sure. the political sphere. And I definitely don't say that that's, like, worse than what you experience. But...
0: No, and it's it's not a competition. Those... No, two uh, People, if you're fighting for women's rights, if you're fighting for Black Lives Matter, if you're fighting for any of that, mm-hmm. you're on the same team.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And it's just ridiculous that these are even still issues in this day and age.
0: Yeah. And like when people are this outright racist, like when people so often tell me like, oh, I hate you Muslims. And I, you start with like, well, I'm not Muslim, but and then you try to defend everyone and yourself and this this entire group. When that happens so often, and it does happen quite often, Mm -hmm. then it makes you second guess everything else. Like, if you're at a store and the staff is really rude to you, maybe they're dicks. Maybe they're racist. Mm -hmm. If a server doesn't come to your table and they're going to everyone else... Maybe they forgot about you. Maybe they're racist. Because there's so many people who are so outright racist, Mm -hmm. it makes you second guess all the other people. If there's something that you're very self-conscious about, whether it's your weight, your appearance, or something like that, and one person said, like, well, I'm not going to date you because of that. And then every other person that you talk to says, I'm not going to date you. No reason given. Wouldn't you start to think that maybe it was that thing?
1: It's an assumption thing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Once you've been called out for something specific, you do. Even if it was like oh, I don't want to drive in your car because you you drive really crazy and it scares me. Mm-hmm. Then maybe every time someone says no to a ride, you're going to think, I don't drive well, so nobody wants to drive with me anymore.
0: So I kind of have like that, the more the immigrant story of it, where you have to just be a good example all the mm-hmm. time. That's how we're taught to deal with it. It's like, well, you know what? You keep your nose down. You just work hard. That's why every immigrant is like an engineer and a doctor and yeah. stuff, because they just have to mind their business. And we haven't really been given a platform to more speak out yeah, like absolutely. we are now. And if this is how bad it is as being like a first generation immigrant, think of how bad it is if this is where you're from and all these other people came back, came <laughs> yeah. there. And now they're telling you, all, saying all this racist stuff to you about like, this is yeah. where you belong. And you're like, this is where I belong.
1: I've definitely had... Comments, they're like backhanded comments, um, like compliments running for office and having someone say, oh, it's nice to see a young Aboriginal woman doing good for a change.
0: For a change. Yeah. You could have just ended it there. Yeah. You could have ended it half a sentence earlier, or way earlier. You could have said, it's nice to see an Aboriginal woman, period. Yeah. It's nice to see an Aboriginal woman doing good. That <laughs> kind of sounds a little bad, but... Yeah. <laughs> But for a change, you just have to be a dick about it. Exactly. You can't just let it go.
1: Exactly. The fact that I'm young, Aboriginal, and a woman. Three things that made it sound very much like women don't do good things. Aboriginal people don't do good things. And, uh, you know, young people don't know what they're talking about. So why would we be excited about that?
0: Yeah. Because, yeah, politics in Alberta, old white men. Exactly. Period.
1: Exactly. So it's definitely something... That we all deal with to a certain degree.
0: And this is like easy relative to a lot of people's stories. Like me, I've been, yeah, I've been physically attacked by people like screaming racial things. That's happened in my lifetime. And I have it easy. Mm -hmm. Think about being black in the US. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Just to like have the argument of, okay, here's a list of reasons why you shouldn't murder us. Mm -hmm. And that's the discussion. Imagine being like brought to a place, enslaved, and then they go, "Okay, you're not enslaved anymore." But then after that, the story is that you're the bad guy. Yeah. You're like, but wait, do you remember all of that? I, we were the innocent ones. You were yeah. the bad guys. You were like, no, I think you were the bad guys. And brought the us here,
1: and then beat us for years. Uh, Should we get off our soapbox? I guess. Um, <laughs> if we
0: lose listeners, then it's probably good to lose those ones. Maybe exactly. we'll gain good ones because. Honestly, it's also tough to see the true state of things because the people we surround ourselves with are pretty cool.
1: Yes, exactly. They are
0: 99% white because we're in Edmonton.
1: (laughs) Yes, that's true. (laughs) But
0: they're all pretty cool. So if you're one of those people that's like posting all over your Instagram, yeah, that's cool. Also, like remember all this talk about being an ally is being that not when there's just protests going on, not when it's trending on instagram and twitter it's a lifelong thing yes so if you're an ally and you're going to stand up against racism you know here's one little tiny tiny super easy thing you can do when you're on whatever platform you're on facebook or what have you if someone says racism doesn't exist or this person deserved that just write you're wrong You don't have to get into a big argument, because when you're putting all this stuff on your Instagram, you're preaching to your friends who are Mm -hmm. probably already on your side.
1: Like-minded, yeah.
0: So go out there, yell at an old racist. That's what I'd like you to do. (laughs) And remember, like, I went to a protest the other day, and it was beautiful and awesome to be chanting with people, no justice, no peace. But just remember, that's not a slogan. It's not just a slogan. It's a promise. It's a promise. Until justice, you have to keep fighting. And we didn't even talk about the bad stuff. No. We just talked about little funny stories from our lives.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So just know that if you're only hearing funny stories from your friends um, and that you're not getting into some heavy stuff, don't assume that it's never happened to them. Just assume that they don't want to talk about it and that it's to too painful. They don't want to talk about it
0: because it's not fun to feel like nope. a victim. It's not fun to tell people these things where you felt helpless. Mm-hmm. Just think every immigrant probably has a story about being a child and someone being racist to their parents and that is the worst situation because what does the parent do do they fight back and set a bad example that way do they just sit there and take it and look powerless and children can lose respect for their parents that way Mm -hmm. because they don't you don't know and it's just it's such a hard thing and it happens all the time so just know that I got nothing. I don't This kind of came out of nowhere. It we did, were... actually.
1: We were not planning for this.
0: You know what? Maybe I should not do Ghostbusters. We'll talk about it when we get there. Okay.
1: Sounds good. Uh, you have a pick of the week. I we're do. talking about
0: movies on this.
1: Yes. This is uh, I Love This, You Should Too.
0: The movie podcast. The movie
1: podcast where we talk about movies and what we've been watching on our streaming services.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Andy, do you want to go first since you're introducing this week's movie?
0: I'm going to switch it up a little bit and talk about music.
1: Okay, this is new.
0: So one of my favorite contemporary hip-hop artists is a duo called Run the Jewels. This will actually kind of go in a a bit with our talk, because uh, Run the Jewels is made up of two guys. One guy is named L.P., He's a white dude from New York. He's a a really talented producer, and I didn't know him as a rapper as much. But then he met up with a guy named Killer Mike, who I've been a big fan of since, like, the Dungeon Family days way back when. He's a big black dude from Atlanta, and he's also, like, one of the most eloquent civil rights speakers of today. He does a lot of really good stuff. So they just released a new album this week. I guess you're not going to be hearing this for a couple of weeks, but it is out right now. And the great thing about how they do their albums is they just do it for free. Mm-hmm. You go to their website and you can download it for free. They have places for you to donate, but the donations do not go to them. So currently, if you donate to them, it will go to the Mass Defense Program, which is a program by the National Lawyers Guild. They are a network of lawyers, legal workers, and law students that provide legal support for political activists, protesters, and movements for social change. So if you want to download the album for free, go ahead and do that. But why not throw a few dollars in there?
1: And what's it called?
0: Uh, you just go to the website, runthejewels.com. Okay. You can get the album from them. You can download their old stuff too. So when they, their first album came out, I was not a fan of contemporary hip hop a lot right not much after the year 2000 honestly i'm kind of an old man in that sense
1: like <laughs> you're an old man in many sense that's true
0: <laughs> i feel like current hip hop is almost lazy not that they're not trying hard but the cadence that a lot of modern rappers have is very drawly and slow their rhyme schemes are very predictable and generic it sounds like they're kind of sleepy a lot of the time to me and they like rhyme the same word with the same word a lot and uh, that always bothers me but then when uh run the jewels came out because i've been listening to them as individuals before their first album i loved it it might even still be my favorite here i'll play a little clip this is run the jewels from the album run the jewels and the song is called run the jewels
2: Oh dear, what the fuck have we here? These motherfuckers all throwing no roads. These guys with a bad dream better not sleep. They a nose, oh do some blow. Oh shit, blow. what the hell have we done? It's alive and it's hungry as fuck. Better hide all the sides of the door. But it's out of my control, you wish shit out on block. I don't wanna be unfair but the pair. We got beat, that weak shit you got. Good spot with that new box. Pulled right? the squad I don't wanna sound unkind but the sounds I make. the sounds of the hounds out, I'm howlin'. Under your bed, I'm here growlin'. Same time, under the blanket, you're cow Cowin' like cow was cow, with no concrete showers. Victims, we the is we all be smiling that of violence Acting brave and courageous ain't for health and safety so when we say run, the Jews just run them, baby please don't delay me. And and
0: they for- are so fun too because the guys just seem like really good guys i saw an interview with them and they're two like large men in their 30s maybe 40s by now i remember one time i think it was killer mike said it's such a rare thing to find your soulmate in a 30-year-old man, <laughs> but they, they just love each other so much, and they're like really nice about it. They celebrate their friendship and their love, and that's not something you see of like two heterosexual men in hip-hop doing, right? They're all about love and positivity. Of course, there's a lot of anger in a lot of their music, too, and I think that's more prevalent on this new album, but there's a lot of silly stuff they do, like... After their first album, they put out this kind of like joke price list. Mm -hmm. So you could buy like the LP, the physical record for a certain price. You could get the deluxe edition that's autographed for a certain price. And then they put a bunch of joke things after that. Like pay us $7 million, we'll retire forever. And there was one, I think it was $50,000. Pay us $50,000 and we'll re-record this entire album only using cat sounds. But then someone started to go fund me, got the money together, and they said, all right, here you go. So they took the money, they donated all of it, and they produced an album that was a re-release of their <laughs> old album, but they took out all the music and replaced it with just different cat noises. And it's not like a good album because it's all cat noises, but it's hilarious and I love that they did that. Again, they put it up for free, took donations. Here's a little clip of that. Fuck
2: the world, don't ask me for shit, that's worth a pig I dreamt we own the world, but I've woken up and it don't exist. Soak it in and need no assist. You can't slap my wrist and don't owe you shit. Trust me, I'm a doctor, grew up, but wait, I'm a post, I'll raise a bitch. Tip on the track like a ballerina. Steam ass in a plenty at Catalina. It's obese female opera singer. You can run the jewels, i lose your fingers.
0: And their new album, Run the Jewels 4, so they have four that they've done so far. Oh, they just
1: named them with numbers? Yeah. Oh, cool. Okay.
0: Sometimes it's just called RTJ4, or it'll be Run the Jewels 4, Mm -hmm. but that's how they name all of them, except for the cat one was called Meow the Jewels. Mm Mm-hmm. This latest one is probably their most political to this point. That's always been a part of them, but it's much more direct on this one. Like, there's this one song which seems very appropriate for right now. It seems like it was written for this week, but it was actually done a while ago, but they just released it right now. Yeah, I
2: see it. you free us from the ages one to four. Around the age of five, you shift away for your body to be stored. They promise education, but really they give you tests and scores. And they predict in prison population by who's in the lowest. And usually the lowest scores, the poorest, and they look like me. And every day on the evening news, they feed your fear for free. And you so numb, you watch the cops choke out a man like me. Until my voice goes from a shriek to whisper, I can't breathe. And you sit there in the house on couch and watch it on TV. The most you gives a Twitter rant and call it a tragedy. But truly the travesty, you've been robbed of your empathy. Replaced it with apathy, I wish I could magically. Fast forward to the future so then you can face it and see how fucked up it'll be. I promise I'm honest, they coming for you the day after, they coming for me. I'm the Chomsky, I'm reading Bukowski, I'm laying low for a week. I said something on behalf of my people and I popped up in Wiggy Leaks.
0: And then there's some songs that have like odd pairings of guest stars, which I wouldn't have thought worked together. Like they have one that has Pharrell Williams and who I think people now know that he because he's famous for mm-hmm. like Happy and stuff like that. Yes. But he was a, a very talented producer for many years before that and Zach De La Roca who's the lyricist on Rage Against the Machine he's Mm -hmm. on one too and it was an odd pairing but that's a fun song too Mastered economics, cause you took yourself from squalor. Slave. Mastered
2: academics, cause your grace say you were master Mastered Instagram, cause you can instigate a follow yeah. Look, at yeah. Look at all these slave masters posing on your dollar. Get it. Look at all these slave. Masters posing on your dollar. Get it. Look at all these slave. Masters posing on your dollar. Get it. Look at all these slave. Masters posing on your dollar. Get it. Yeah. Look at so
0: it is a, a more politically charged album, but that's something that they've always had. Like Killer Mike for a good while was working with Bernie Sanders and doing a lot of stuff. And it was really funny to see Bernie Sanders talk about Killer Mike because he said, like, well, at first I was intimidated because there's a man named Killer Mike. But then I learned that it's he's named this because of his uh killer rhyming abilities. And I was like, oh, Bernie Sanders. What a guy!" <laughs> And they once did this performance the day after Michael Brown's murderer was not charged. And at the beginning of the show, like, Mike just like couldn't go on and gave this big ad lib speech where he cried and talked about the the fear he feels for, for not just for himself, but for raising black children in in a country that allows this kind of thing. Uh, You can look that up. I'm sure there's video of that somewhere. And even very recently, he held a full out Press conference talking about about what's going on and protests in Atlanta and around the United States, but he's an Atlanta guy. Uh, he also had this TV show, which is kind of like a double pick because it's available on Netflix. It was called Trigger Warning with Killer Mike, and they only did six episodes. I doubt he'll ever get any more, but they are definitely worth watching. So, in one episode, for instance, he's just talking about like buying black. Meaning, I'm only going to support black-owned businesses. And he's just trying to get through life. And so, of course, he can't use his phone. Not black-owned. So he had to find, like, a phone company that was... And then to find a carrier, which didn't exist. And then he's just trying to get dinner. But he can't, because he's like, okay, black restaurant. And then... LP, who's with him, is like, well, where did they get the chicken from? So he's like, oh, man. So he has to ask where the chicken comes from. And it's from some white farm. So he can't eat that. So he's just trying to get through. I think it was just a weekend just buying black and how hard that was. There's one episode where he talks about about gangs. So he's talking about how the Hells Angels are a company. I'm not sure if you know that out there, but they are a, a biker gang, mm-hmm. a very racist biker gang. Dangerous. Very dangerous as well. And you can just buy their merchandise in stores. Yep. But if you talk about Crips and Bloods, that's very different. Those people are criminals, while Hell's Angels are like cool rebels. So, what he did is he got the Crips and Bloods both together, uh, incorporated them as businesses and got them started on different businesses. So, at one point, both the Crips and the Bloods had cola lines that he helped them produce, and mm-hmm. they went to like a farmer's market to sell their cola and so like he's trying to get them to like work on actually being a business and he also talked a little bit about the community programs that those groups that we always just think of as gangs what they're already doing to help their communities Hmm. he tried to start a religion at one point because he was sick of this whole white messiah thing wow he started a country at one point too and did like a full-on social experiment where he brought all these people together gave them land and said you're gonna govern this yourselves you're gonna elect your own leaders and you're gonna start a country here and it's it's so ambitious and sometimes silly but it's definitely very thought-provoking and eye-opening so that's my pick of the week which actually did mesh with our big rant that we yes, went on at the beginning. actually
1: worked really well uh
0: run the jewels you can find their stuff all over the place and killer mike has a show called trigger warning with killer mike check it out on netflix what do you have for this week?
1: Well, now I feel unprepared. I always feel unprepared in comparison to you because <laughs> you're, uh, you're very uh, well-spoken and you like to write a novel. <laughs> I,
0: I have a very good memory is what it is. So if you mention a movie for, that I saw 20 years ago, I'll probably be able to tell you all about it, Yeah, which serves me well on this podcast.
1: It's true. And it does not always serve... Me well.
0: <laughs> you mean like whenever we have an argument because I can remember exactly what we said?
1: <laughs> yes. Every single word That's and the true. phrasing and the tone.
0: It's a blessing as well as a curse.
1: <laughs> curse for me. Um So my pick this week is the brand new Netflix movie, Dangerous Lies. Um So I... Well, I didn't love this movie. I found it really good. It had a kind of a fresh take on um, that classic kind of horror suspense movie trope, and uh, it starred two non-white people. Oh, there you go. So that's, that's how I'm fitting into our little <laughs> rant this week. Um so it's uh called Dangerous Lies. It's a Netflix original and um it stars Camila Mendez who you might know as Veronica from Archie or from Riverdale. From Riverdale. And um it also stars Jesse T Usher, uh who I am not familiar with um in other things. I think he hasn't been any he hasn't been in anything that I've seen uh so he was really fantastic. They play a young married couple who are struggling um with money and jobs and uh attempting to pay off student loan debt and pay their bills and uh Katie played by camilla Mendez, uh she is working in a diner she's doing absolutely everything Pop's Diner no a different diner oh. um but she does have a cute outfit when she's working. <laughs> Um, so she's struggling to keep Adam in school and trying to make sure that, uh, he can finish his education so that eventually she can go back and finish her education. And, um, she's working also as a caregiver to an elderly man. And this elderly man is rich. He lives in a giant house and, uh, he is very paranoid and, uh, sort of a recluse, And, uh, as the movie progresses, I don't want to give too much away, but as the movie progresses, um, the old man dies and basically leaves everything to her. And, uh, there are people who come into the plot and are being nefarious and the twist at the end, I like did not see coming. So it, uh, it's a very, um, interesting movie to watch. I think it definitely could have been done better, but it's a fun, um, like, non-serious kind of movie to watch.
0: Sure. And what's the title again?
1: Dangerous Lies.
0: Dangerous Lies available on Netflix on right Netflix now? On Netflix
1: right now. And it's a Netflix original, so I'm assuming it's going to be available everywhere. All right. Yeah. Um, it was uh, kind of a fun, take-your-mind-off-the-super-heavy-worlds movie to watch. Nice. Yeah. So the reason that we're here, I think we should talk about our movie that we're watching this week. And of course, it's your week, Indie. So I will let you introduce what movie we will be enjoying or not enjoying.
0: Oh, so remember how I promised you that we would get a light movie? Yes. Can I change it? What if I do a last minute change? All yes. the stuff we were just talking about, I feel like I should change it. <laughs>
1: okay, change so, it. So
0: you know what? We'll give people a, a little peek behind the curtain. Usually we cu- cut out a lot from this, yes. like if we ever have to discuss things, but let's just do it on the fly because less editing for me. I was going to do Ghostbusters because Sam doesn't really know about Ghostbusters and I've been doing some heavier movies. True. And I was going to so give her God. like a nice, uh, <laughs> a nice fun one. But now I'm all grumpy and angry and not at Ghostbusters because that holds up and it's brilliant and we will do Ghostbusters at one point. But let's pick something more on topic, maybe. Um, I'm going to just freestyle and I am going to go with a movie called Fruitvale Station. Okay. Do you know anything about Fruitvale Station? I know
1: nothing about Fruitvale Station.
0: Do you know anything about Oscar Grant III?
1: No. No. So I'm
0: torn of how much to actually say. So first, I'll say this much. This is a movie by Ryan Kugler, and it stars Michael B. Jordan. And they are kind of like my new favorite duo. I love the history of director-actor combos that have made a lot of great movies, like Klaus Kinski and Werner Herzog, or Toshio Mifune and Akira Kurosawa or Scorsese and De Niro or I guess now it's Scorsese and DiCaprio Mm because he got younger but we don't get that nearly as much anymore but Michael B. Jordan and Ryan Coogler have made Fruitvale Station, Creed, Creed 2 and Black Panther all together and I've been a fan of all of those I think Black Panther is my maybe my least favorite thing they did so So you know that they're doing good stuff yeah Creed is actually so good i i saw that later than i should have it's fantastic but creed's not my pick my pick is fruitvale station and this is the first movie they did i think kugler's first overall and it's definitely a small indie movie it's short it's shot on 16 millimeter so it might not look as beautiful and cinematic as some of the movies we're watching I'm going to pull up their Wikipedia page and say things because I haven't prepared anything. It came out in 2013 and it stars Michael B. Jordan. Also, Octavia Spencer is in it. Kevin Durand is in it for a little bit, but really it's Michael B. Jordan's movie. Mm,
1: Okay.
0: And he's someone who I think I'd seen him in like the Fantastic Four or something and didn't really think much of him. And I've come to realize over the last while that he is a immensely talented actor. You saw Black Panther with me, right? Yes. I think he stole that show.
1: Absolutely. He
0: was so good in it. And the rest of the cast, there was a lot of good performances, but his might have been my favorite. Oh, but although that sister was really good too. Oh, she's so good. Oh, and the head of the guard. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, Okay, there's a lot of good That
1: was just a power-packed movie. Yeah.
0: And Black Panther himself
1: was like the least compelling
0: and not because he was bad Mm -hmm. but because he's like the straight man and didn't get as much fun other stuff but this isn't about black panther this is about fruitvale station and i guess i should tell you what it's about but there's one key point that most people if you're seeing this movie you know that key point and that's why you're seeing it and if you don't know it i wonder if it's better if it's a surprise or not
1: should we skip the trailer this week
0: Okay, we just edited it out about like a minute of silence of me thinking, and I'm gonna tell you what happened, because I think this movie is designed for you to know already. Fruitvale Station is a true story. It's about the murder of Oscar Grant, who is Michael B. Jordan's character. So we already know what's going to happen. And it's about how he was murdered by a police officer. Okay. Uh, He was shot in the back while on the ground. And there's many witnesses and cell phone footage. This movie actually starts off with a clip of the actual incident. So it's going to be tough to watch. But I think it was important for me to tell you what's going to happen first, because that's not what the movie's about, necessarily. That happens in a very short period of time. This is all about this one man's last day. Oh, Uh, It's on New Year's Eve. And that's also his mother's birthday. And we just get to see him being a normal man. And I think that's what's really important about it. I'm not going to break it down too much because that's what our next episode is for. Mm-hmm. But let's, let's take a look at a trailer.
1: Okay. We're going to go to
2: Frisco, right? To the fireworks? You yeah. We're going to say bye? Bye. Love you too. Everything's changing around me. And I want to change. What's up, girl? It's now on girl? I'm trying to get back on my feet. I really need this job. I hired somebody else. I feel different today. What'd you do today? I don't know what else to say. I could like start over fresh, but I'm working out. It's now I'm scared. I hear guns. Don't just firecrackers. You're safe inside. What about you, Daddy? We'll be back before you wake up. I'm gonna be fine. You guys got plans for the night? I meet up with the fellas, head out to the city. Why don't you check the train out there? That way you guys can hang out and not have to worry about anything.
1: Hey, Oscar, how are you?
2: I'm good, I'm good. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Oscar? <laughs> Oscar from Pharmacia? train right now! Put that phone in there. What you got? Are you still on the train? We still have food there. Why can't you tell me what is going on? What is the problem? What are you doing? Oh, my God. Good, I'm good. I'm good. We're gonna be good. We're gonna be good.
1: Okay. Well, that was uh, quite the trailer, and I think it seems like it's going to be very poignant to all of the things that are going on right now in the world. So I'm uh, looking forward to watching it. It looks like a bit of a hard watch.
0: It is, but only a very brief moment of it. Okay. It is a a typical indie film in a lot of ways. Not indie just me, but that type of movie. Right. In that it's a slower pace, it's about these characters' relationships, and of course, yeah, it's gonna be hard to watch because we know what's going to happen, we know where it's going. Right. Also, if you go to cineplex right now they are doing they also do movie rentals right and what they're doing right now which uh great on them they have a selection of what they call black stories that they are putting out for free
1: wow one of
0: those movies is fruitville station okay
1: so it's gonna be like widely available then so
0: if you go to the cineplex store there should be a section for rentals, and there is a big banner currently that says Black Stories, and you can watch for free. There's some really other good selections on there, too, which, watch them all. There's some there's mm-hmm. some pretty awesome movies on there. But we're going to be doing Fruitvale Station, and we'll talk about it next week.
1: Excellent. Okay, well, I'm uh, very interested to learn about this story. What city is it set in?
0: It's in San Francisco and Oakland, so okay. the, the Bay Area. Okay,
1: cool. I couldn't quite pinpoint where they were. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to watching this and talking about it with you next week.
0: All right. So check it out. Available for free on the Cineplex rental store. If you have an app called Tubi, it's apparently available on there as well. I've never used that one. But it's a short watch. Yeah, it's going to be hard. You already know what's going to happen. So that's your viewer discretion. But I think it's a really important movie. Go watch it. And we will see you all next week. Awesome. I was going to say, for hopefully for being happier, but no, no we're going to be... No,
1: it seems like it's going to be another uh, soapbox episode. Yeah, well,
0: at the beginning of this, we talked about our own experiences a little bit, which are not bad in the grand scheme of things. No, Terrible, they're terrible, but they're not as bad as what a lot of other people are going through. Mm-hmm. And then maybe this can shine a little bit of light on that, and we can talk about just this movie, because tackling police brutality in the United States and Canada and around the world is mm-hmm. it's it's too much for for us it takes everyone yes. to tackle that so um we'll talk about this movie and what happened then
1: awesome okay well let's go watch Fruitvale Station and we will see you back here next week
0: bye everyone This one got dark, huh? It
1: did. It started dark and just got darker. Yeah. But good job.